Blog Talk Radio. Aloha, welcome to Talking Pictures. As always, I'm your host, Paul Booth. It's a wonderful Monday night. I like doing these nighttime episodes because it gives you a chance to kind of uh, relax, have a cool day. Just waiting for the callers to call in, so I'm not going to babble too much here, but dead air, as my sound guy would say, is the worst thing to have. So tonight we're going to be talking about um, Moonlight and Lala. I see we have our first caller, Miss Erin Murphy. Let's see, here it comes. It's just taking a second here. The studio always does. Hello, Erin. Welcome. How are you tonight? I'm doing okay. Excellent. I'm ready. I I just... Yeah, I was going to say, I just need to know one thing. Are you ready to talk some movies? We are ready uh, to talk. I am ready to talk movies. Excellent, excellent. I know you always are. I, I was I was uh, laughing when we were uh, exchanging those Facebook messages at kind of a late hour, and I was thinking, this is this is what the people with the show are about, that it, the, except for when we're sleeping, the movie talk doesn't go on. That's, <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah, so... So tonight, uh, letting the audience know, we're going to discuss Moonlight and La La Land, and we're also going to have a caller calling in soon who is uh, one of the show's producers since day one. He's done guest reviews, and we've done some uh, Milos Forman, Sidney Lumet, a number of directors. Uh, we've uh, broken down their work, talked about their different films, uh, so he's in the archives a number of times. Um so tonight, Aaron, we're we're going to start off with uh, La La Land. And the main thing that I wanted you to say, because, of course, we'll start the discussion once Jim's on, was, uh, again, this is an age thing, but you've, you've grown up through some of the films that get an obscene amount of Oscar nominations. And I'm still wrestling with that this got more than Ben-Hur. And oh, films like From oh. Here to Eternity only had eight. On the Waterfront had eight. Uh, Ben-Hur only had uh, 12. And I know we're talking apples and oranges, and I know musical versus gladiator film, but, uh, and we know the Oscars, political, all that. But uh, in your mind, seeing Ben-Hur, I mean, and you knowing what goes into a film, what do you think about... La La Land being considered I mean almost literally a better movie than Ben Hur. Is it is it the most highly nominated movie in the history of Oscars? You know, I wanna say it is because I remember and welcome Jim. We're just de- we're just debating the uh, we're just de- we're just oh yeah, Jim meet Aaron, Aaron meet Jim. Hi Jim. Uh, Hi. Hi Aaron. We're 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 discussing I was just throwing out the question of uh, La La Land, and again, we know it's not all about awards, uh, has 14 nominations. Ben-Hur had 12. And let me check right here on that Titanic, Aaron. It won 11 like Ben-Hur. But are there different categories now than there were back when Ben-Hur was out? I mean, are there um, like CG and I mean, are there new categories, which allows you to be nominated for more things? Well, when I, when I looked at uh, La La Land here... I mean, obviously, they didn't have a, an effects nomination, but all the nominations are similar, except for okay. 
visual effects. So that's a that's a good uh, question that we'll have to uh, research. Good call on that. But uh, having a son who does visual effects will take away some credit. No, just kidding. Um, so so now that now that we're we're talking about this, uh, just a real brief thing since it's Oscar season. Uh, you know, comparing Ben Hur to La La Land. Brief opinions, uh, Aaron, and then Jim. Oh well, it has been a bazillion years since I saw Ben Hur, and I saw it when I was a, when I was younger. So I thought it was a snooze fest. I, I would need to rewatch oh, okay. it as an adult. But I remember as a kid, I thought it was boring. Yeah, like I probably haven't seen it in thirty years. Oh wow! Because yeah, there's yeah. this no, I, I, sequence when you speak of visual effects. I mean, it. it I mean, it was before there was even such thing as computers. So it's this, it's this sequence that it's like it's. it's I, I, I do, I do remember that one with, with the, yeah, with with the chariot. But it, it's been a movie that I haven't seen in a long, 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 long time. I mean, I saw it when okay. it first came out, and maybe I've seen it once since then. Oh, okay. Um, how about you, Jim? You know the politics of the Oscars, so we won't get into that, but. What do you think about films like Titanic, uh, just in the Oscar nomination, and then we'll jump right into La La Land? Uh, you know what that does for those people that just judge films by Oscars? Oh, well, it's in my memory, uh, and I'm not saying, you know, just by Oscars. Uh, ben Hur was, and I guess it was the, you know, I take into account the fact, you know, of my age also overwhelming uh, and I couldn't bring that forward and say that La La Land comparing the two would be like apples and oranges right you know they might be in the same fruit basket but they're two as far as I'm concerned two different things I well, agree that's a good call. yeah that's I mean that was going to be in my opinion I just wanted to see if someone had it thrown out. What found me intrigued was that there, uh, when you take a movie that's apples and oranges, uh, but they have the same exact nominations, then it's kind of uh, interesting to me because like La La Land, and we'll jump into that, um, you know, La La Land, let's face it, it's going to clean sweep production design and music and music written for a movie and sound editing and sound mixing. To me, the Oscars this year uh, might be a snooze fest because it's just going to be La La Land, La La Land, La La Land, Moonlight for Acting, uh, Viola Davis and Fences, and then Emma Stone. And now the Best Actor category is just up in the air because of the bad press for Casey Affleck. Denzel won the SAG Award. Oh, uh, Casey Affleck had a... He had a... uh, it wasn't until the Oscar nominations were released that he, uh, like, all these women started coming out saying that he harasses them and, oh. like, of the sexual okay. nature. So, again, I, I will not remotely comment on that, but what I will say is it was, like, Oscar nomination, now all of a sudden he's this big creep. So, you know, we can leave that okay. for the politicians. But I want to start start with you, Aaron, on uh, forget the Oscars. Um, what is, uh, what was your take on La La Land? <clears throat> I saw it twice. Um, not by choice. My, my friend 
one to say, I'll go with you kind of thing. But I would see it a second time. What I liked about it is I thought it was the, it was fresh and new. And I had friends who were like, oh, my God, it was so overhyped. It was overhyped. I enjoyed every minute of it. I, I thought it was uh, light and airy, but yet it was character-driven. I wasn't a big fan of how it ended because I wanted more of a Hollywood ending. Um, so that, but that was more reality ending. I want the Hollywood ending, but I saw, and, and I liked the fact that he never played the piano. I assumed he was a piano player and he just practiced every day for months and months and months to get that part down. That impressed me. The fact that neither of them danced, that they did all that. And there was a lot of work that went into that. And I enjoyed it. I, I thought, I, I don't think it was all fluff, but I thought it was a beautiful homage to LA. Um, and I loved the opening scene. And, and, and of course I'm just infatuated how the heck they got the rights to shut down like an on-ramp or whatever they did. Uh, that amazed me, you know, that they had done that. I, I, I really enjoyed it. And, you know, what, oh, what yeah, that opening scene on, yeah, you know, that opening scene, Aaron, um, what it is is it's, it's this part of the freeway by LAX where um, they kind of added it to go into uh, the beach area on the other side of LAX and also can, it's a quicker way out of LAX, but it's, it's synonymous and people hate it because it's right above the 405 at LAX. But most movies you see with freeway chases or freeway shuts, shuts down, it's that freeway because it's only about, it's only about a mile long. So it's real now where I, what was making my head spin was I was thinking, wait a minute, there's 200 crew members behind the camera. Um, I thought it was funny that the 405 was actually moving. Like, again, me, I'm trying to get <laughs> into the movie, but I'm going, wait a minute, that 405 wouldn't be moving if the 105 was shut <laughs> down with that many. But yeah, that was, it was a great homage to LA. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I want to let you know that now you see any LA movie, it's just that one strip of freeway that, that is easy to shut down. Um, oh, go ahead. And, and, I, and, and I like to that, you know, visiting LA, you know, being at the Griffith observatory, seeing that so it was kind of fun. To, oh, I've been there. I've been there. So I can't imagine how people in LA must feel. And I've just visited, visited it. And there are a lot of places I recognize. So I think it was kind of fun. You know, because so, so often built up, uh, are shots in these innocuous kind of cities that you can't really rec- you know, like, you know, they use Vancouver for Seattle, but we all know it's not Seattle because we don't see any Seattle landmarks. And so I liked the fact that you could tell it was L.A. because it was shot in L.A. And they weren't trying to, they weren't trying to make something look L.A. And I liked that. And, of course, I love those oh, no, that was- chemistry. I, I love those two together. I, I wish they would continue to make movies because I think they're absolutely dynamic together. Oh, yes. Well, this, well I mean, Gosling's, you know, he's, he somehow was born with the genes to, you know, make most other men be like, darn. Um, and Emma Stone <laughs> is no slouch herself when it comes to the eyeballs. Um, she's just but, she's, uh, she's kind of girl next door with a little bit of quirkiness about her. She's kind of like a Meg Ryan, you know. Everybody liked her at one time, and and you know she's a little edgier than Meg Ryan was. But I think she's just this very sweet girl next door. Okay, now so everyone knows before we jump to Jim, you guys got to find. Uh, it's Woody Allen's second to last movie. His last one was Cafe Society with Jesse Eisenberg. But uh, Emma Stone is in this great movie called Irrational Man with Joaquin Phoenix. 
And uh, just to let you guys know, uh, Emma Stone has apparently become Woody Allen's new muse because he's in like okay. three of his last four movies. So uh, she's a dynasty of, like, of the new century. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> yes. Good way to and equally beautiful and equally of their time. So uh, mm-hmm. with that, Jim, your take on La La Land and uh, especially your take having, you know, you're such a fan of musicals. Okay, well, La La Land pulled me one way and pulled me another, and it dumped me here and it picked me up there. The first part of the movie, I was not, uh, I do, you know, I am a child of old musicals. And that scene on the freeway was like, to me, expecting, and I know I was expecting much more of a musical, old-fashioned musical presentation was sort of anemic. I got that it was like incredible, you know, set up to do that, especially all in one long shot. But, um, yeah, it, it, honest to God, at first I nodded out a few times in the beginning of the movie. It just, you know, I guess it didn't fulfill my expectations until John Legend hit with what is that fire or something like that? I don't know. I don't remember the name of the piece that was done, but it was like, oh my God, what has happened here? Suddenly we're alive, or I felt alive. Was my response to to that piece, and after that, it was like, okay, I'm in the movie now. I'm paying attention. Uh, and then we get to, to Emma Stone and the, uh, you know, the cinematographer, how, the, how she was handled. I mean, Ryan Gosling's a, a handsome young man, yes. But she, the camera, was just loved her. And those eyes, you know, people talk about her eyes. It's just, I'm sitting there going, and I'm going, oh, my God, her eyes are like the olives in the martini of life. Oh, I love that. It was just, whoa. I love that, too, when you saw me on the phone. That was a good one. The, you know, it was just, it really just got me. I mean, it really did. It's like, I'm a gay, I'm a gay man, and I was in love with her. And I'm, you know, I know Ryan <laughs> Gosling's good, good looking, but I couldn't take my eyes off of her. And That's a good sign. That thing oh, at the end bad. where, where they are, uh, you know, this is what life could have been for them, you know, being married and all of that was. Uh, Although I wasn't, you know, overwhelmed with the movie, that actually got that that ending got me wet. I was like, I was crying, and <laughs> it was just, oh my god, you know, they finally did it. They they reached in and grabbed something in me that responded to what was up on the screen, and I wasn't upset by the fact that they didn't end up together. Because I got because both. they, both, I they got, both ended up with their dream. They both got their yeah. dream. It might not be each other, but they both reached what they wanted. Yeah, exactly. And it was, and they showed, you know, it was there right on the page, right on the screen in front of me. 
And I, you know, it was like both. Yeah. I got, I got the Hollywood ending. Oh, they got married, you know, and had kids and it was sweet and that. And then I got that, that other shit that sort of, uh, you know, this is, I don't know what to call it. I don't want term to use it. It's the, uh, not the alternative ending, but what happens sometimes in life with somebody that you're deeply in love with. And, you know, down the road, it's, that's not what it is. So mm-hmm. I, I, I ultimately liked the movie, but, you know, at the same time, I was like nodding out in the beginning, and at the end, I was totally engaged. Okay. Well, well just so you guys know, uh, the two songs that are nominated are City of Stars, and the fool who dreams. So unfortunately, we won't get John Legend on the guitar. But since uh, Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling do not want to sing at the Oscars, uh, John Legend will be performing a La La Land melody. Melody, uh, okay. medley. Sorry. Um, so those of you that are out there, fans, or just for you guys, um, for for my opinion of La La Land, what was really funny was. A friend took me to see it at one of those kind of, I, we call it the movie theater. You never want to see a movie anywhere else again because it's recliner chairs that go so far back. You could take a nap and you have your own table. And it, it just, we saw it in CinemaScope and, um, and, and he hates musicals. So he was just like, you know, this is just to hang out. And I was like, well, I need to see it anyway. So that's cool. You want to hang out. And we both, felt really mixed because we loved all the inside LA jokes. Um, we had, we, we, we could, we could acknowledge how hard it was to pull off what they did. I mean, my friend knows nothing about the film business and he was like, the design was amazing in the costumes. And like, I've never really seen something like that work so well. And uh, so that was really cool for me to hear because it was it was introducing someone to something new uh, and having them notice. Um, for me, though, La La Land, I, I felt kind of a mixed reaction because I went in with, uh, I'm one of those guys that just gets killed by hype. And I had heard so many mixed and so many good that I, I was sitting in my chair trying to say, don't be biased, don't you know, just let it be what it's going to be. Don't jump to the good or bad. Um, but I felt kind of a similar mix of both of you guys. I loved that they, um, I loved that they had a, um, I loved the John Legend part. I mean, I didn't know he played guitar and that part actually, Aaron took me um, out of the movie in the sense that, I'm just so into the blues and I'm so into when I discovered that a musician does even more that uh, to me, I was, I felt like I was watching a blues concert. It it wasn't even La La Land. It was just like, man, John Legend is just this endless pit. Uh, Of course, a couple of years ago, he won an Oscar for his song Glory uh, for the movie Selma. So it, yeah, that that part floored me. And as for the ending goes, um, and this isn't a spoiler because you guys both mentioned getting their dreams and missing uh, out, was that, of course, Aaron, 
being married to uh, uh, your husband as a drummer, correct? Mm-hmm. And he's a, is he a jazz drummer? No, just uh, rock, drum, drum, and uh, bass guitar. Oh, okay, so so what I dug was, and that you you would understand this because you're a part of it, was the way that played out with with the montage was I took it as jazz musicians, uh, everyone, Coltrane, Thelonious Monk, you know, admit in books that when they're playing, they're, they're thinking of their dead mother and they're thinking of their lost love and they're thinking of their heroin habit and that the music is coming from a thousand different memories. So I took that as, wow, somebody's doing this and maybe the audience isn't going to catch it, not to be a snob and maybe it wasn't the director's intent, but I took it as, wow, someone's saying that art is everything in the pot. It's not just one thing. Yeah, can I, I'm going to jump it. in on that, that jazz thing. It's like <clears throat> the movie had that aspect for me where when a, a, a jazz musician is playing and then somebody next to them, uh, it takes a riff and goes someplace else with it. The different parts of the movie were like that. It was like there was this one, you know, the trumpet was doing this, and then some, you know, the next thing you know, uh, the uh, the drummer took over, and it was another riff, and it was, you know, bounced back and forth like that. And it, you know... Um, do you understand what I'm saying? Am I making any sense? Oh, yes, mm-hmm. yes. No, for sure. No, I mean, that's that's what the movie did um, that was cool, what was about the riffing. And um, that, I mean, that's what I really enjoy about movies is that, uh, or sometimes just to mention music, uh, and you guys can relate to this, is when someone will say, oh, I can't stand blues, but they love rock and roll. Or... They can't stand jazz, but they like the blues, and it's like they're they're all derivative cousins. So, right, you know, if if, if you love that solo Clapton, then you like Sonny Rollins because Sonny Rollins solos for twenty five minutes without even breathing. Um, so, with that, because we all know there's so many facets, uh, let's jump to uh, Moonlight. And uh, Jim, why don't you start off with this one? Okay, Moonlight for me was, um, uh, you know, I, I, I would like to, and I think I said it to you, Paul, I would like to just encapsulate it in one word. And um, it was just, you know, no hyperbolic whatever. This is the definition of good Good. It was. It. I. I guess I identified with it so much, having gone through most of that trajectory that it wouldn't go through. Uh, it, the thing that really that I loved was it. It wasn't in your face. It wasn't this you know, uh, hollering at you, you know, like, this is what's going on, and, you know, the melodrama of it, and, the, you know, you've got to understand, and, you know, all of that type of stuff. 
my feeling for it, and uh, I'm an emotional cuss up. I start crying. It felt, I've never had this, it felt like being held by a lover after having had sex and just talking intimately about what your life or their life was. I just, you know, it was like, it was that raw, that messiness of life, but with so much compassion that, you know, I will, like, take this movie over anything else that's nominated or anything that's been nominated for one in, in a number of years. I was, uh, I, I realized afterwards that, uh, I, I, there was no awareness of being, um, not part of the story that was being told. It was, it was, like I said, I've been through so much of the same stuff of life, the messiness of life, that uh, I couldn't help but be who was up on the screen. I couldn't help but... This is is realizing afterwards, when it was going on, there was no separation between me and the story, the character. It just, um, yeah, you know, oh, God. Um, With La La Land, and it's got so many uh, nominations and the whole thing. And, you know, the, everybody you know, talks about the cinematography and that. And, I, you know, I get that it was really, you know, amazing. But with uh, Moonlight, there was this, um, I don't know, if you see a, uh, a puddle of water or some oil, and you look at it, and the, that rainbow sheen that will go over it, mm-hmm. you know, when the light flecks off of it, it had that sort of, and I'm going to say flat, but that's not it. It just had it. It, it was that sheen was alive through that movie. And wow. <laughs> the, the man that was his surrogate father, and it was <laughs> shit. Um, drug dealer and the whole to hell with it. Uh, that part of me growing up that needed a mentor or a father. Man, I would have taken him as a father any day of the week. But Incredible. I, I was just. A- I was disappointed that he wasn't in it more. Like, um, you oh. know, I thought he had gotten the nomination. I'm watching the movie, and I kept saying to my husband, that's it? That's it? I said, there's no closure? We don't, we don't see him together with this young man as an adult? I was really disappointed in that part. I wanted him in it more. I wanted to see after the young man came out of prison, because the, he had talked to his mom about talking. He had said to his mom, mentioned to his mom, that he had talked to the, to the wife, but not about him. I thought, I wanted to see that. I wanted to see how they reconnected. I wanted to see if he continued to be an influence in his life, even as an adult. 
I was I was really disappointed. I thought, holy crap, this guy's getting an Oscar nomination. He was in the movie. He was hardly even in the movie. I wanted more of him. Yeah, no, I I know what you're saying. And the 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 in the arc of the movie, going from the middle part to the end to the third part, his mentor had become him, part of him. There was no, you know, that was. Uh, that was at that point his mentor was part of his DNA. That, oh, okay. That, okay. You know, that 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 street smart, you know, drug dealing guy was you know his heart. His heart was so real. You know, and he yeah. had learned. He had to learn how to. That guy had balanced both and was aware of himself. And that helped inform who Little became as an adult. Right. Okay. And I, you know, just, okay. I, looking back on it, I just go, you know, it's fucking brilliant. And but like I said, okay. as I was in the movie, I, you know, I, I was in, man, I was 100% just in there. I, it was brilliant. It was brilliant. Well, okay. well the, my only comment on the, the how short the guy is in it um, was that there, I think there was a few moments where it's kind of like the the moment is so, I mean, we all know it. I'm not talking to you. You're a mom and grandma and to where to where we have those moments where the moment might be four seconds and it and it obviously speaks louder than tw- a 25 minute conversation. So I think where they went with that character being uh, applauded the way it is was, I mean, you know, gosh, that scene with the mom in the car, I mean, how heavy would that be on you? Um, the, the idea of when he exits a movie, it's, it's two words. And I mean, how many movies have we all watched where, the pivotal scene and a character exiting has to be the throwing and the, and the argument, you you ever come back here, get the fuck out of my, and it was the boy said one thing, he said one thing, the boy left. And so it was like that, that just floored me because it wasn't like anything else needed to be said. It was like the boy knew you're the yin yang of my life. You're the demise of my life. And you're also what's going to help me move forward. And so that's where I kind of sat back in my seat and went, that's something I've never really witnessed. I would have to think about movies where it was like, it's kind of that famous saying in Moneyball when they're sitting around arguing about how to get new players and Brad Pitt cuts them off and says, what the fuck are we talking about? So it was kind of like, this was one of those moments where it was like nothing needed to be talked about. Like, like, Oh my God, you, you know, you, you didn't have a clue you were saving me. So it's not like you found out and then came and found me and, and to have to go through that realization, God, I couldn't imagine if I was ruining someone's life while I was mentoring them at the boys and girls club. So that's what, that's what hit me with the character. And I, and I agree with you too, Aaron, I'm, I was so into the character and I've been in different ghettos all over the country to where I've seen those guys walking down the streets 
to where I was in love with the with the design of it. I was in love with the way he talked, the way he walked. Don't get me wrong. I, I have no, I have no idea what craft dealers talk like one on one, but uh, for me, it was just kind of a. Um, I, I wanted him more too. So I, I'm, I'm kind of with both of you. I'm kind of with the shorter is better, but then I'm kind of also, this actor was really intriguing. Uh, why is he gone? Uh, so with that, Eric, uh, fire away. Yeah. No, no, I, 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 but it's interesting. Uh, um, his take on that with the way that he felt that, that there was no need for the mentor at the end because he, the mentor had was in his DNA. That makes you look at the movie a little bit differently now. It's interesting uh-huh. to get someone else's uh, someone else's perspective on something, but I, I that to me, I that was a movie I thought was way overhyped. I was excited. I'm like, man, I don't care if I ever see that movie again. Matter of fact, I even had a hard really? time sitting through the first time. But I, but I'm really? so pro lion. Yeah, I am so pro lion. Nothing can hold a candle to lion in my in my mind. Nothing. Oh, no actor, my. no movie. Yeah, I am so team lion all the way this year, and and I just looked at. The amount of time he was in the movie versus the amount of time that Dev Patel was in the movie. And I thought, really? Those two guys are up for the same award? Dev Patel ca- carried that entire movie. He should be up for Best yeah. Actor, not Best Supporting Actor. Yeah. Dev, so that's, uh, I, I'm comparing that. Yeah. Well, Lion, wait a minute. I, I've got, I have, I, after that, I have got to see Lion. Because I live off in the boonies, and I don't get to see everything that's going to be in the Oscars or even, you know, the... Uh, the Golden Globes and you know, stuff like that. So I, I considered myself lucky that I actually got to see Moonlight and La La Land. I was surprised, I'm surprised when you saw Moonlight. Uh, yeah. I'm surprised you saw Moonlight, not Lion, because Lion's out in our main street. Theater. Moonlight just came out after the Oscar noms. Because Moonlight was out well, in our art theater, and then it left, and then when it got an Oscar nom, it came back to the full theaters, the big theaters. But, yeah. but uh, Lion yeah. is in the big, big major theaters out here for us. Well, Lion, yeah. um, Lion was uh, um, what what made what frustrated me about my Moonlight ex- going experience was that it would play three times a day. Then they started playing it one time a day, so we could never really get a chance to see it. And then I said, you know, there's only a two o'clock show. We'll get a seat. People are at work. We walk in, and because it's after the Oscar nominations, it's I had to sit in the third row of the theater. If you don't know, Aaron, I have epilepsy, so I'm not supposed to sit in that front section. So I had to watch Moonlight with sunglasses on. So I didn't really get to know what the cinematography was. Right, right. I have a friend who's a SAG member, so she lets me borrow her movies, and that's awesome. I watched Moonlight in the privacy of my home. That was really nice. Oh, wait, Aaron, I'm losing your phone line. Okay. Um, some she no, gets as a digital download and some she actually gets the DVD. So I got Moonlight from her. Um, so I got to oh, check and I got to watch that on her own. Okay, because yeah. that, that, you know, Moonlight for me was, uh, I, well, I was lucky because I didn't get any hype. What I got was, Two guests of our show that are phenomenal filmmakers posted on Facebook once, Moonlight, see it. And and they didn't say anything else. And I and I messaged them, you know, what and they just said, see it. And so 
my perspective going in was just these filmmakers. Uh, and literally, I don't, I mean, of course you hear about it. You see commercials. Was all I was basing it off of was these filmmakers that I also, they're fan, I'm fans of them. So sometimes I'm like, I'm also a fan of yours. I'm not just a show that you come on. Um, I thought if, if these two don't have any words to describe it, uh, I want to see it. Now, what I will say is, is, is it did things for me cinematically that I had not seen before. Like, I didn't know how it was going to end. Um, Jim made a good comment to me on the phone where he said what he liked about this movie was that uh, uh, it wasn't because he's gay, but basically because some of the themes of the movie was he said, I had seen this movie a bunch of times but this movie I hadn't seen. And so for me, I was going, okay, is this going to be your usual, the boy fights out of the ghetto and he has to fight this and there's nothing else to it, but it's boys in the hood. And then as it progressed on, I thought, okay, there's something bigger here. And that's what I appreciated it was that, that it wasn't your gangbanger movie. And it, and it took a look at the, he, the real plight and humanity. And I think, you know, the way Jim said, uh, uh, what was that? Emma Stone was the olives in the, in the martini. For me, this was just that I couldn't, I was racking my brain. What have I seen that, that I don't know some form of ending. I mean, I had no guess. And usually with a movie, we know it's going to be she gets the girl or the boy or doesn't, you know, uh, like Jim has commented to me before, so many uh, gay movies have to end with a father disowning or somebody getting killed. And, and we have just all mm-hmm. these conventions. And, and I, I, I never once thought I know where this is going. And that was the thing that made me walk out going, this is why people weren't telling me reviews of it. I stayed away from reviews. And for that point alone is why I just uh, really went with it. Now, Lion, of course, we can't talk about because Jim's on. I know Jim very well. Uh, we have the exact same sensibilities. He would go nuts over Lion. Um, but I don't, I don't want to know. I- I don't want to know oh, no, the storyline. I want to see it. Yeah. No, no, no. We, yeah, we won't tell you anything, but what I, I was going to do a quick plug for the show. Our last guest was the cinematographer of Lion, a very nice guy from Australia, had a wonderful chat. Um, and so please, everybody, and if you guys want to take a listen to it, especially you, Aaron, uh, he talked about some really cool things and some of the key scenes. Um, but yeah, I... I'm really excited that we got to do this tonight because once you guys told me that you had different perspectives on the film, I thought this is what I've always wanted on talking pictures. I've, I've, I've never wanted just the three people that completely agree. I want to hear left field, right field, center field. So I I just want to say that I really appreciate your guys time tonight and sharing and if there's anything else that you want to say, please, please continue. Well, I appreciate Jim kind of bringing me over to his side because I, he came, he gave me a different perspective. So, cause I was, I was oh. so black and white about that. It's like now, now I'm more like, okay, I get it. I see what he's talking about. Yeah. So I appreciate that, Jim. 
Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Because it, I, you know, I want people to see that movie. Uh, I want my family to see it. I want my family. It really did. Yeah, you know, know, really, it, really weird is I wouldn't have seen it. I saw the trailer. I went, man. But the minute I got the Oscar nomination, I said, okay, because my mission is always see every Oscar-nominated movie. The only one I haven't seen is Elle. So, uh, so I, went, I saw it, but I wouldn't have seen it if it wasn't us because it just didn't, it didn't spark an interest to in me with the trailer. Yeah, okay, yeah. Oh, interesting, because I know, never but, even saw a trailer. So that, I'm going to actually go back and watch the trailer after we get off and, and see, what you're, uh, see what you're saying, um, Aaron, because I, yeah, that's See, thank you for teaching me that now I need to go watch the trailer. Um, there you go. Yeah, because I'm like, uh, yeah, and, you know, and I, it wasn't on my radar. And then the minute it got all these Oscar numbers, I was like, okay, now I guess I got to go see the thing. It wasn't something I was too excited about seeing. And as for the best picture, I think it's just one big toss-up other than La La Land is starting to really pull a, you know, the, it, 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 it kind of reminds me of Forrest Gump. It just seems like it's going to sweep everything, but the categories that it can't. Um, and when you look at the best pictures here, I mean, I know, Jim, you didn't get a chance to see these, but, uh, you know, the Hell or High Water, Fences is brilliant. Denzel is just, uh, he's now becoming, you know, I think he's a threat for the best actor, having won the SAG Award. Uh, Hacksaw Ridge. Politics aside, but, but I, I would never I, agree with. But I think best best actor every award show someone else's son somebody different's won it. Uh, it's been oh, like right, yeah, exactly. one show. So that so each show it's been a different different nominee. So that'll be that'll be uh, uh, that'll be a toss. And well, I'll be curious who wins that because I think yeah, the yeah. was the was the yeah. black guy yeah. from from Moonlight, and then Casey Affleck won the Golden Globe, and then I think one of them I thought they all won something. <laughs> Yeah, Denzel won SAG. Critics' so. choice. Okay. Oh yeah, so I, you know, and then you know, with the best pictures here, Hacksaw Ridge. You know, I would never agree with what Mel Gibson did, but I hadn't realized that it was 11 years ago. So I'm thankful to the Academy that they acknowledged the work. They even nominated him for director, which I was shocked by. Uh, Hacksaw Ridge, brilliant film. Andrew Garfield is one of the other nominees for Best Actor, and he was the guy in Social Network that uh, was suing Mark Zuckerberg. So uh, he's always been an up-and-comer, but in this movie, he's fantastic. The only one of the best pictures I didn't see was Arrival, but, um, you know, I'm I'm with you, uh, and again, you didn't not miss anything. anything about it. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm again, I'm with you where... We all know that La La Land is just raking it in right now, and a lot of people have loved Moonlight, and Lion is just a, a, a masterful work. And, and Hidden Figures, I wouldn't say is the best picture, but I'm very thankful that that movie got made for its historical yeah. ramifications. So, yeah, this will be an in- interesting year and a fun show, and all I can hope for, like I said, is that we're not going to get a Forrest Gump where it's, you know, everything, but I mean, they couldn't win original screenplay. Tarantino won that. And I remember he made a comment saying, you know, thank God Forrest Gump wasn't an original screenplay. So, I just it, find it interesting. Arrival got Best Picture nomination, Best Director nomination, but the actress who made it a good picture wasn't nominated. That's very bizarre. Right, yeah, you know, yeah. and that, 
that's that's the weird thing about Oscars. Jim and I have this talk fairly often, um, or have uh, one year was uh, Steven Spielberg won Best Director for Saving Private Ryan. It won. It literally won like almost every award possible. Sound effects, sound because of that Normandy Beach scene. Sound effects, visual effects, sound effects sound mixing um, and then it lost best picture to Shakespeare in Love yeah or Barbara Streisand and I was like how could it where Princess Pride gets nominated for best picture and she doesn't get nominated for best director who the hell do you think directed the picture and I, to me, okay. that's where I totally agree that it's political yeah, I yeah. Was how can you have a picture can, being nominated but not ev- the director yeah how can every part of the movie be the best but it's not the best. And, and, and to this day, and many people have told me that I need to get off of this rant, but uh, have told me, well, if you haven't seen Shakespeare in Love, you can't judge it. And it's on Netflix and a couple of times. I've Oh, it's a great movie. Just, great movie. Well, yeah, that's what I hear. But, you know, it's that the problem is, and, and you, of course, both know this, is that I just can never take that filmmaking side out of me and that Normandy Beach scene... I, I, I don't think amazing. we'll ever see something like that again. That was just my my time in the movie where you know you know that That was the most intense where, twenty minutes. Oh yeah. yeah. And, and, yeah. And, and you know that yeah. that that sound in the beginning of the movie where everybody's ruffling their popcorn and their licorice and and that's the only movie I've ever seen in my life where that stopped. I, I couldn't even hear people breathing. And when we well, walked yeah, know, out, right. nobody was, was talking. And I was like, holy crap, this roller coaster ride start, starts right at the beginning, man. Came right out of the gate. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And, me, and I was too, you know, I was obviously a little dumb 19-year-old. So, you know, I hadn't studied World War II. And I didn't, I hate to say, I didn't know what Normandy Beach was. Just, you know, my dad told me, you have to see it, you have to see it. And so I... I so think of, you know, landing on Normandy Beach and you have no idea what it was. So for that opening shot of the thing drops, then it's like, yeah. whoa, and and real men did this and real young boys did this. And so I, I was floored for about a week from that movie. I didn't even know how to comprehend or talk about it. So, And I uh, loved that got- they were saying that the young men were coming out of the movies and just hugging older guys, you know, vets, and just saying, we didn't know, thank you. I mean, it really did, it crossed some generations, and I, I thought that was a very important thing to have happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that was great. Yeah. You know, kudos to Spielberg. His, his uh, well, I, he said in an, in an interesting interview the other day, um, and then we just got a minute here to wrap it up, but um, he said uh, he doesn't consider Schindler's List a World War II movie. He just considers it a Holocaust movie. So he made a big point to okay. separate that he's made multiple yeah, World yeah. War II movies. And I, I found that I found that interesting, but I thought, hey, I'm not gonna I never debate that topic with anybody, let alone Spielberg, if I knew him. So <laughs> with that, thank you, Jim and Aaron. And for those of you since we've been talking Oscars, it is coming up February twenty sixth, which is a couple weeks from now. 5.30 Pacific time. I'm a little concerned about this host, Jimmy Kimmel, but maybe we'll do an episode about that. 
And uh, yeah, so like I do each time, uh, and any you have ninety seconds. Any final words from either of you? Uh, Aaron, thank you. It was yeah. great meeting you. You too. It was a pleasure. Thank you, and thank you for a new outlook on that movie. I might have to go back and watch it again now. <laughs> oh, Jim, that's a score. If you can get someone to rewatch a movie, wow. That's kudos. Thank you, Aaron. And I, I'm and, really and, and Jim, once you watch, once you watch Lion, uh, once you watch Lion, let's do let's do a let's do a, a, a phone conversation. Let's do a podcast after he sees Lion. Oh yeah, yes, I'd love to. It just I probably won't get to see it till after it gets his its nomination. They usually would when a movie makes a uh, you know some sort of splash, then I'll probably get it at one of the. Uh, complexes here where do you live oh, I'll, make, I'll make sure jim gets the red box oh he lives in a yeah. grant junction colorado oh sorry that's private sorry okay 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 or even it'll be out on netflix pretty soon i, I can imagine yeah i'll make i'll make sure i'll know. make sure i'll make sure you see it jim perfect okay. and then we'll, okay. and we'll awesome. talk about it awesome yeah i know that yes. would be a great podcast yes. because yes. my best thing tonight last thing i'm going to say was i've been wanting you guys to meet for so long because I knew what a great uh, episode and you guys are both just uh, movie junkies and and I'm uh, I'm glad we got to do this tonight so you guys have a wonderful night and again uh, thank you for your time thank you okay aloha yeah much love aloha bye bye Bye. aloha Jim you still there you still there Jim all right, yeah. so thank you for doing that. Well, you know that's that's really that that's really cool. You know, I've I've never heard uh, uh, someone say what Aaron said. So thank you for doing that, and thank you for being so uh, personal. I know that was I know that was tough. So thank you for sharing that with the listeners. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. It's just you know, I really did start losing it just thinking about it, talking about it. It's like I really like that movie. Oh yeah, no, hey, you know that's what we're here for, and there's no censorship, so I'm glad you both sweared once, and that's 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 my mission to never censor. So, um, all right, well, I'll uh, I'll let you go, and we will talk a little bit later, and. Um, Again, aloha to you. Yes, aloha, and I'm going to run outside and have a cigarette. Enjoy. And you have your... All right, and that was, you know, that was one of the funnest episodes I've ever done, but I'm going to zip my mouth, and I'm going to say thank you, uh, and no matter what time it is, morning, evening, night, afternoon, or whatever other time of day there is that you can find Make sure and watch a good movie. Aloha and peace to all.